Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there. And for those of you who are single like me, well, I've got a gift for you. I've got a companion for you. Someone that you can spend time with today. And that is today's episode. Yes, today's episode is with Bob Bethel. Bob is someone who, like, you know, um, Jay in a couple episodes ago is someone who's rescued many businesses. And if you've noticed, I've been sort of bringing a mix of guests that are from different generations so that we can really see what happened in the past. And, and my hope is that you all are able to see and learn from some of the brightest and best minds that have done it before. You know, some of these people that I'm starting to bring on might have been in businesses with well over 70 plus companies. And I hope that you all start to see trends that you can then apply to your movements, to your businesses, and to your ideas. And so that's the point of what today's episode is. I really dive into his mindset on what exactly he did to rescue businesses and why he feels like our generation is actually optimized to really experience much more success than previous generations. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, today is another day for you to change the world. With that said, enjoy the episode. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's episode is with Bob Bethel. Bob is the orchestrator of 77 business turnarounds over the past 50 years. His early successes and troubles in his career inspired Bob's passion for taking over struggling businesses and making them profitable. Bob has turned around companies in every industry imaginable and has helped save over 10,000 jobs. A graduate of the Owen Graduate School of Management at Vanderbilt University, Bob owns several businesses across southern United States and he's an Eagle Scout and teaches three-day on-site seminars for all types of businesses. Welcome to the show, Bob. Tyler, thank you so much. I appreciate I appreciate you having me. No, the pleasure is mine. I mean, you're a man who's rescued 77 businesses and you have a new book out. And, um, you know, it's called Fail-Proof Strategies from the Man Who Has Rescued 77 Businesses. So I, I'm so interested in hearing how people can strengthen their businesses. But before we get to that, 
How did you get started? What, what was the story? What was young Bob like before he got into saving businesses? Well, Ty, I, I suppose I was like a lot of 21-year-olds. Uh, at that point in my life, there wasn't anything I didn't know. I was probably the smartest person on earth, if, if you had asked me at age 21. <laughs> uh, so I started a business, and that business did extremely well for uh, a couple of years. Then we got hit by a recession, and I found out exactly how dumb I was. I, I didn't have all of the answers. As a matter of fact, I didn't have any of the answers. So I fought to keep that business alive for two more years, and I couldn't do it. I was overwhelmed with debt. I was losing money and borrowing money to pay for the money I was losing, and <clears throat> I called my lenders, told them I was broke, uh, and I lost everything, Tyo. Lost my house, uh, had a couple of old antique cars, had a farm that had been in my family since the Revolutionary War. Uh, so I lost everything. And a very wealthy friend of my parents had retired, but he owned over 20 operating businesses, and he had turned the management of those businesses over to other people, and the businesses weren't doing well. So he got in touch with me and said, I think you've learned some valuable lessons by failing. I don't think that it's going to happen again because of what you've learned. Uh, I'm going to give you a nice piece of my businesses to come in, clean them up, make them profitable again. And I did that. And 52 years later, I'm still doing it. <laughs> wow. That is that is so um, – well, we have to be grateful for that, that gentleman that actually did – that he said that to you, but that's that's incredible. So, tell me, what has your experience been like turning around all these seventy-seven businesses and guiding them towards the road of profitability? What what are the, the patterns you noticed, and how do people even reach out to you to say, "Hey, come save the business"? <laughs> well, my website is Robert Thomas Bethel B E T H E L dot com and that's the way they can get in touch with me is through that website uh, but it's been it's been really fascinating I have uh, taken over businesses in 25 different industries uh, and the reason I bought wrote the book Tayo is what I see with that book is Basically, for the price of buying that book, I honestly feel like you're buying failure insurance for your business. And here's why I say that. All of the businesses, with the exception of a couple, banks have banks or other financial institutions, insurance companies, mortgage companies, have reached out to me and said, we have a business that has failed. Uh, we're getting ready to lose a lot of money. The collateral isn't worth the amount of the debt. Would you be interested in buying that debt and 
turning this company around. Uh, the interesting part of that is, how I have never one time brought new money into these businesses, number one. Number two, I've never brought new people into these businesses. But in every single one of them, in including international engineering companies, I've taken over a number of engineering companies. Every single time, even when I have needed to keep the previous owner because of learning what he knows about the business, every time I've had to fire the owner because they are bullheaded, they try and defend mistakes that they've made, such as buying a jet that is used only for their personal interest or having a, a condo in Florida or a ski lodge in Aspen. Uh, so I've had to get rid of the owner every time. And I think that, first of all, gives somewhat of an indication as to where the root of the problem was each and every time. And the interesting thing to me in doing this, of course, it's extremely interesting going from industry to industry because I, I certainly have never gotten bored. But my thinking to small and medium-sized businesses, Tayo, is, is this. If I can take a company that's broke, and use the strategies and the methods and policies that we've used over 52 years, and I can bring these businesses back to profitability. And I'd be the first to say, I'm not the smartest bear in the woods. But having said that, I will also tell you this, I'm almost positive you have never interviewed, nor will you ever interview, anyone as brilliant as I am at knowing how dumb I am. <laughs> and, and I'm serious about that statement because you won't find me attempting to do things that I don't know about. So I go get that information. Uh, I get it from the employees that are already there. So my point is that if I can take a business that's broke, in default, uh, all kinds of problems, and I can use the things that we lay out in the book and return each and every one of those companies to profitability, if, if your company, Tayo, is not broke today, or even if it is, if you implement the strategies laid out in strengthening your business, it's going to provide you a lot of failure insurance. And that's the premise the book was written on. Hmm. My, wife, my wife actually shamed me into writing the book because she said, you have made so many dumbass mistakes if you drop dead without passing these on and how to solve them, uh, you would be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> well, your wife is, is, is truly, truly a better half then. <laughs> no question about that. <laughs> well, okay, so th this is fascinating for me. Just because 77 business, 
that businesses, that's great. I mean, that's a lot of businesses. But you said you fired the CEO each time. But talk to me about the number one reason why most businesses fail in, in the first uh, place. Okay. I have, and, and let me say this. In all of these years, I probably have looked at four or 500 different businesses uh, that financial institutions have brought me into. Uh, lots and lots of them simply were too far gone. There was, there was no way that they were going to come out of it. A lot of them should have never gone in business in the first place because they weren't prepared for it. But in all of those businesses, including the 77 that I took, I've never gone into one single of those businesses, Tyo, that had a plan. Now, let me, let me stop there. I'm not talking about a Harvard business plan that's three or four inches thick that talks about the world in general and the industry in general. What I'm talking about, Tyo, is a football game plan. I'm a pilot. We file flight plans. You walk, go to a football game, you'll see the coaches walking around with sheet of encapsulated paper. That's their game plan. We hear it every Saturday and Sunday. If you want to watch football or basketball or baseball, they talk about the game plan. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about first thing that I do each and every time religiously is I get the team, not me. Because I'm not going to do all that work. I get the team to come together and we create a 90-day game plan. We break it into monthly segments. Then we break it into weekly segments. And that plan tells us who is going to do what, to whom, when, and for how much. So on, on day one, we have us a plan, and, and it's just good enough because I tell the team, look, we're not going to get this right. We're going to forecast revenue. We're going to forecast cost. We're going to forecast, if we're a manufacturing company, what we plan on producing, what our production is going to be. But we, we're not going to get it right because each week we're going to update it based on that week's performance. So as we move through that 90-day plan, each week we'll get better at our forecasting. So number one reason that businesses fail is they don't have a plan. <clears throat> and I guarantee you, if we took two groups of nine-year-old kids today and you took half of them and I took the other half and we just watched, we said, okay, we're... We're going to go into the woods and we're going to play this game. I promise you within two or three minutes, both you with your team and me standing with my team would hear somebody say, okay, what's our plan? You did it when you were a kid. I did it when I was a kid. So my point is how in God's green earth can we run a company if people don't know where we're going and how we're going to get there and who's going to do what to whom? So, Number one reason, no plan. Number two reason, never gone into a company that measured on a daily basis their performance. 
And here's what I mean by that. If you and I walked into football game this afternoon and the scoreboard was blank. So we turned to somebody sitting there because we've arrived late and said, what's score? And they said, we're not keeping, they're not keeping score. Well, how much time's left? Well, they're not running the clock either. What's the point? And yet none of these companies that I've taken over were measuring their performance on a daily basis. And what most small and medium-sized businesses do is they have a monthly P&L. Well, if at the end of January, it's January 31st, and we've got an outside CPA firm, by the time they get our bank statements, which is normally the fifth or sixth of the month, and they go through our ledgers and our expense and our revenue from last month. It's going to be the 15th of February. So small and medium businesses, Tyo, are looking at a 45-day lapse before they know what they did a month ago. So the second thing that we do after we have our plan, I set up whiteboards. And I put them where every single person in that company sees them every day. A hallway, a break room. I don't hide them. And on those boards, we'll put revenue. So if our revenue is to be $100,000 this month, that's what our plan calls for. And we're going to work 20 days out of the month. Then in order to be on track, we've got to create revenue of $5,000 a day. So we draw a line from zero to 100,000, and every day someone comes out at the same time, normally three o'clock in the afternoon, because I want them thinking about it when they leave, and they plot our revenue for the day. Now, we also may plot a number of things. If we're a manufacturing company, we may plot units made that day. And a number of my companies, our operating companies today have six boards uh, because we found out what are the things we need to measure to know where we are today and for the month. And, and Tao, it is the greatest motivator I've ever seen without ever saying a word. Because this afternoon, if you walked past our boards and you were one of the managers or you were any of the employees on our team and you look up there and instead of revenue of $5,000 today, which is our targeted daily goal, revenue was 1000 Instantly, without anybody saying anything, you know we're behind. But yesterday, we produced $10,000 worth of revenue. For, so for the month, we're still ahead. Okay, we've got to pick it up, but we're, we're not below our target line. So every single day, instead of once a month of, well, here's what we did last month, we know where we are today, and that is vitally important to small and medium-sized companies in controlling cash flow. So the second thing is we measure performance daily and we include the entire team. Day one, 
when I buy one of these companies, I bring everyone in, I tell them, lock the doors, take the phones off the hook. I'm going to tell you where we are because the people have been kept in the dark. And the reason they've been kept in the dark, two reasons. Every owner has told me when I'm buying this, these companies from the bank, uh, I ask, do the employees know the condition of the company? And every single time I've gotten the same answer. Oh, God, no. If they knew how bad it was, they'd all leave. In 52 years, I've never had anyone leave. And the reason they don't leave is nobody wants to go out and look for a job. And the second thing is, once they find out, here's what I normally hear. Well, we knew things were rough, but honestly, we thought it was a lot worse. And it goes back to what President Franklin Roosevelt said, the biggest fear of all is fear itself. So here these people are thinking things are worse than they really are. But when you lay it out and then you get them to put together a plan of how we're going to get out of this mess, then you've got everyone pulling the rope the same way. And it works every time. It sounds simple. may sound stupid. Uh, I've used it every single time, and it works. And that is have a plan, measure the plan, include every single person. Because here's something you wouldn't believe. In some of these very large manufacturing and engineering companies that I've taken over, some of the very best ideas have come from some of the lowest ranking employees in that company. And so I, I consider myself a teacher and a coach. I teach what it takes to make a profit. And I put everyone to work on that. Because as you and I both know, there are two ways to increase profitability. One, you can raise revenue. Two, you can reduce your costs. So I put everyone in the company to work. Let's find out what we can do without. Let's find out what we cost we can reduce. That's, that's one thing. Because the other thing is, if you and I took over a company today that was in trouble, and we went out and spent a million dollars in an attempt to increase revenue. So we buy tons of advertising. We hire additional marketing and sales staff. We're not guaranteed, Tao, that we'll increase revenue one dime. But one thing we certainly can do, if you and I have the checkbook in our hands, we sure as heck can control cost. Wow. That, so that's amazing. It's, it's all really very common sense. But when you put a team of people, I learned a long time ago that people love to be an underdog. They love it. They love the position of underdog. So when you lay out to a group of people what the goals are, how we're going to do it, what your role is in it, how we're going to measure it, so all of them see that on a daily basis, it's really frightening what they can accomplish. And I'm always in awe 
of what the team who, who was there when I got there, what they can do when they understand the plan and their. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Oh, in. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. So this is the next thing that I have then. Thank you for sharing that because that was, that was incredible. The... You talked about the reason why most people, um, you know, fail at businesses. You know, it's, it's they don't have a plan. There's no measurement in place. Is there a type of mindset that uh, uh, an entrepreneur should possess prior to launch? Absolutely, hmm. absolutely, and that's profitability. Hmm. There, there are an awful lot of people that, first of all, that go into business operating in a vacuum tile. And one of the things that I do each and every time that I take over a business and I highly recommend it to every, I don't give a cuss. If you've owned your business 30 years, if you're not doing what I'm getting ready to tell you on a regular basis, you're missing out on one of the greatest ways of increasing your profitability. And that's this. Every single time for 52 years that I go into an industry, a company, I interview every single person that works at that company. And I tell them, I want you this one-on-one in the office, door closed. None of this is going to go out. I may use ideas you throw out, but this is between you and I. I want you to tell me the good, the bad, the ugly, everything that you see about this company. When I finish those interviews, I really understand that company, its culture, what the issues are, what the team sees as solutions for those. The next thing that I do is I get online or I take get trade publications and I find out who the five most successful people in that particular industry are. And that's easy. It's easier today than it was when I started, because when I started, you had to get the trade publications and go through them to find who those successful, profitable companies were. As soon as I get those five, I pick up the phone and I call for the owner, the CEO. Almost never do I get them, but I tell their secretary, I just bought a company in your industry. If you would please tell your boss, I need five minutes of his time 
to get some advice. Now you would think that people in the same industry, very successful, uh, wouldn't return that call. I've had that call returned every single time, including several Fortune 100, not 500, 100 CEOs, and including the chairman of the board of Westinghouse Electric Company, because one company was doing work for Westinghouse. I met the chairman, and I asked him, could I call and get some advice? He handed me his business card. So my point is, when they return that call, I ask them, may I come see you and get 30 minutes of your time for some advice? And may I send you our business plan? Wow. Before, before I come. Never, ever been turned down. I bought a company once that manufactured, had just actually started manufacturing components for industrial robots. I didn't know the first thing about robots. They, they hadn't even introduced this line yet. They had been building other components. I picked up the phone and called Joe Engelberg, who was the founder and CEO of Unimation, which was the first and at one time the world's largest manufacturer of industrial robots. Of course, I didn't get him when I called for him. I got his secretary. I told her what I just told you. He called me back. I was in Nashville, Tennessee. The company was. He was in Connecticut. I said, Mr. Engelberger, may I come see you for 30 minutes and get some advice? He said, come on. I hit the next plane. How I spent two days with the man. Wow. I got an education. I got a PhD in robotics for <laughs> zero cost. We went to dinner together at night. Uh, I got information that was absolutely priceless. And so what I'm saying is if you own a business today, identify the top five people. Go see them. Ask them. Ask them advice, tape recorded, listen to what they say. Because guess what? Vast majority of CEOs in this country and worldwide are men. And guess what else? Men are very egotistical. If I call you and say, I need to come see you because I think you're the smartest man in the world, you're not going to turn me down, Tyo. Hmm. Come on, Bob. Yes, I'll be glad to tell you how smart I am. So it works. It is extremely valuable. Uh, and as I said earlier, regardless of how long you've owned your company, you're going to learn so much by doing exactly that. And it works. Wow. wow. Knowledge being dropped here okay so um let's move on to the three most important things a business owner should do to keep the business from failing 
Item number one is he needs to allow his team, his team, the entire company, to be what they really are. Part of the reason I failed in my first company, Tayo, is I thought I was the owner. I was the one that signed the notes at the banks. Uh, the corporate papers said I owned the company. So I believed that. I quit believing that after I failed because I didn't include my team. I hid it from them. I hid it from everyone. Oh, things are fine. Well, it'll work out. It's, it's slow right now. It's going to pick up. Today, I understand the fact that even though the corporate charter says that I own some companies, I now realize I'm one of the owners. The employees own that company too, and here's why. They depend on that company to feed their family, to pay their rent or their mortgage payment, to pay their car payment, to clothe their children, to educate their children. They're vested. Our vendors, people who supply us things on credit, they're owners. They depend on us. So I came away from that first failure saying, you know, I'm not the only person hurt by this. Now, I didn't go bankrupt. I paid everybody off. It, it took me a while. But I came to realize very fast that all of the employees of that company were hurt just like I was. All of our vendors and suppliers were hurt because they were making a profit off what they were selling us. Suddenly that was gone. So item number one, all business owners should realize quickly they're not the only owners of their company and they need to treat their team like that and tell them that. Tell them that. Hey, you, you own this company. You're dependent on paycheck from this place. It's your company too. So let's act like that. Let's come up with our plan. Let's reduce expenses because it benefits all of us. And, and that to me, is the biggest thing that any company can do. Then again, the plan, measuring it, and then back to your team of putting them to work at reducing costs. It's the first thing I do because I can't guarantee increasing revenue. And I find this extremely interesting. In 52 years, 77 businesses several of which, three or four, were doing in excess of $300 million of revenue a year, our teams have never reduced expenses by less than 34%. Shocking, 34%, and it wasn't me. Wasn't me. It was them. They looked around and said, you know, we don't need this. We can sell it. We're not using it. Uh, they started turning the lights off. And I share all of the financial information with the entire team. It's extremely important.
And everyone needs to do that because how can they help if they don't know where we are and where we're going and how we're performing? We're not utilizing our team. So team number one, making sure that we are lean and mean from a cost standpoint. Uh, Number three, I tell the teams up front because the other reason owners tell me they don't share financial information with the company is they're afraid if they start making good money, everyone in the company will want to raise. So again, in that first meeting, I tell the team as of today, Unless you change positions in the company, there won't be any more raises. We're going to give bonuses. And here's why we're going to do that. Let's just, let's just say that your company has a great year this year. So in, on December 31st, you announce everybody gets a 10% raise. Next year, again, good year, you give another 10% raise. You've raised a vast part of your overhead by 20%. But the horror is you are rewarding past performance by increasing your cost going into an unknown time. If I give bonuses at the end of December, I know how much money we've made this year. I'm not raising my overhead. And Almost every company I've ever owned, our our bonuses, and, and I have some companies that today we pay a bonus on a monthly basis, on a, on a quarterly basis, and there are a couple that we do it on an annual basis. And every single time, our bonuses have exceeded the normal raise increase in that industry. So the people are tickled to death. We don't jeopardize the future by raising our cost going into the unknown time frame. So I think, I think it's, I think it's things like that, uh, that improve the culture of a company, uh, get everyone on the same track, and looking for the same performance. Yeah. Wow. That's I'm I'm digesting everything you're saying because you you said a lot of things there, and I'm it is it is so true. Sometimes it it's it's very simple to say, but not easy to implement. And listening to you break it down like that, it's uh wow. Huh. Okay. Well, so if someone's listened to this podcast now. They've heard everything you said. You talked about your experience turning around 77 businesses. The number one or the, the number one and two reasons that, uh, that businesses fail. And then you just went through the three most important things that a business owner should do in order to keep their business from failing. But why do you think it's more important now than ever to follow our dreams and start our own businesses? I think, I think that today there are challenges that that are so different from from the past tile when i started in business the 
amount of documentation, regulations uh, were so small compared to today. And, and because we're in an information world, uh, things happen so fast compared to the past that it's, it's absolutely necessary to be on top of things if you're, if you're going to have a successful, profitable business. And I don't think that, that business owners preach profitability the way they should preach it. Uh, we, we have, I mean, look, look at Amazon, how many years they operated without making a profit. Uh, their stock price and their monstrous cash flow allowed them to do that. And they made it work, ultimately. Those of us in small and medium-sized businesses do not have that luxury. So we, we must stay on top of our business. Uh, we must operate intelligently on a daily basis. We cannot operate in a bubble. When, when I finished writing my book, Strengthen Your Business, I sent it to T. Boone Pickens, who I've known for 40 years. And I asked T. Boone to write the foreword, which he did. And part of that foreword, let me, let me read it to you. He says, Bob also prioritizes establishing a profit mindset within your company. I believe, as Bob does, the main reason half of all businesses fail is because profit isn't emphasized from the outset. Not only does Bob reiterate this point throughout the book, he also provides a system that can be easily implemented with any within any business to track profits daily, which are the boards that you and I have just discussed. Hmm. Oh. oh, man. So if, if you believe that now is the time and we live in a time that allows us to really, a time that really facilitates businesses to, to, to start off um, in an easy Easy way with digital media, with, with connections to social media. How do you feel like my generation millennials, uh, can actually truly impact the world? I mean, I know you've talked about businesses, but what type of ways do you see our generation advancing the world? Well, let me start by saying this. I've been in business now for over 55 years. There has, you can go back and look this up. There has never been a time in that period that the interest rates were as low as they are today. So I see your generation with, with everything that can now be done no matter where you are. If you're in your car, you can do business with your phone. If you're at home, you can use your iPad. 
you you can talk to anyone in the world just like you and I are doing right now vis-a-vis -vis your computer. So there are advantages today, not to mention the impact of capital loans that open up the entire world. If, if someone had told me when I went into business that I could set and talk cost-free to anyone on the face of the world and do business worldwide vis-a-vis -vis iPhones, iPads, computers, it, it would have been science fiction. So there are things that make business so much easier today. And I think your generation will take advantage of that. I think you're going to see a world in the next 20 years that people can't even dream about today, Tyler. Hmm. Wow. That's well said. <laughs> that is so true. And, and thank you so much for spending all this time to let us know. Um, where can people find your book and keep up with you? My website is robertthomasbethel, B-E-T-H-E-L, dot com. The book is available on Amazon by ebook, paperback, or hardback. Hmm. And it, as I say, I consider that book to be failure insurance. Failure insurance. Um, wow. Okay. Well, we're definitely going to put this in the show notes. We're going to make sure people get access to this and uh, your knowledge as well. I ask my, um, ask my guests uh, this one question. My mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. So how do you, Bob, use your difference to make a difference? Well, Tyle, I have been so fortunate in some of the international companies that actually started it in working with a diverse workforce. And I, I think it is huge, absolutely huge. I have found over my business career that diversity in the workforce makes it 10 times stronger. So I suggest that everyone do that. I also have found out that <laughs> women are better business people than men are. Preach. <laughs> part, part of that, part of that is because women don't possess our ego. Mm. Uh, I, I point out in, in the book, uh, you know, there's, there's an old joke uh, about, biz, about people, men who get drunk, uh, having, having four stages to drunkenness. Stage one is they become handsome. You've been in a bar. You've seen it happen. Stage two is they get smart. Stage three is they get rich. And stage four, they become bulletproof. Now, that's, that's what whiskey will do to you. What I found in business is businessmen with a little success, there's a stage five. They become radiation proof. And women don't suffer that. Women are more detailed than we are. I've watched men all my life in accounting offices 
just rounded up to the nearest hundred dollars. A woman will stay in the office half the night getting it down to the last penny. So I have made a lot of money by working with a diverse workforce. I don't care what your religion is because I've worked with all of them. I don't care what your political beliefs are. And I certainly don't care what your color is because what I want is people who want to better themselves, people who want to make a lot of money, not just an average wage. And again, by bringing nationalities and races and religions together with a plan, uh, it's, it makes for an unbelievably strong company, and we learn from each other. That is well said, sir. That is well said, sir. We've been talking to the legendary Bob, uh, Bob Bethel here, who's rescued 77 businesses. Make sure you check out his book, Fail Pro Strategies from the Man Who Has Rescued 77 Businesses, and I'll put that in the show notes. I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show and spreading so much knowledge with us. Uh, it's been truly one of the most uh, educational ones we've had, so thank you so much. Kyle, thank you so much for having me, and I hope you'll have me back again. Yes, I hope so too. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 